everyone and welcome to another episode of Finding the Balance, Tales of a Former Extremist. My name is Victoria Udebua and this is a podcast inspired by my life. I am an extremist attempting to find purpose and balance in Christ Jesus as a devout Christian. I have bipolar disorder, which is constituted by imbalance emotionally and mentally, so I'm trying to find balance there as well. And as my life continues to unfold, I intend to share the good and the lesson worthy so that we can grow together. We're all on a journey, so let's help lift and uplift each other. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. Uh, We're continuing on with our series, our Bible study series, um, under the God's Good Word umbrella, uh, which is man is not infallible. And so without further ado, here is part three. today so um, I was doing my quiet time this morning and uh, the Lord is continuing to just show me how man is not infallible and um, he continued to show me more instances of our humanity if you will um, of the mistakes that we make through Apostle Paul again. Uh, This time, the readings that the Lord was highlighting for me came out of the book of Galatians. Um, And so I'm going to start off with uh, Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 which says, let's let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again, what we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So this is Paul who's um, writing this. And and that was verse, that last uh, sentence, the last two sentences I wrote, I read were from verse 10. So I'm going to read that one more time. He says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant, Right? And then um, the next section really just talks about um, how Paul, who Paul was a little bit before he came to Christ and, you know, how zealous he was in, in adhering to the traditions of his ancestors and the Jewish religion and then just the reality of the fact that God called him. Um, into his marvelous grace 
and revealed Jesus to him. So just that encounter on Damascus Road and just the things that happened after. So I'm going to read, um, still in chapter 1, but I'm going to read verse 18, where it says, Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter and stayed with him for 15 days. Okay? Um... Then it says, the only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that what I am writing to you is not a lie. Okay, so we have that part. And then, don't worry, I'm going to piece it all together after. I just want to make sure I give you guys the word first. Uh, Okay. So we're going to move on to chapter 2, and we're just going to read uh, verses 1 and 2. Yes, that's what we're going to do. So um, this, this is called The Apostles Except Paul, and it says, Then 14 years later, I went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas, and Titus came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I met privately with those considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for fear that all my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing, right? Then from there, we're going to move on to a section that's called Paul Confronts Peter. And um, I'm just going to read from verse 11. So this is still chapter 2. So this is verse 11 through 15. And then we'll start explaining stuff. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did, what he did, excuse me. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy even and even Barnabas was led astray by their their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, "Since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow Jewish traditions?" You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet, we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. We have believed in Christ Jesus. We have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed 
the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. Okay, and then... The last section I wanted to read is out of chapter 5 in Galatians, um, verses 22 to 26, which read, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So, you know, just wanted to give you guys a a little snapshot of how the Lord will sometimes have me move around a book to deliver a full message to me and so in this you know we see that um apostle paul he's very passionate um about the gospel of jesus christ and he's very critical um about how other people preach it you know and um he, he wants to guarantee those who are reading this that he's telling the truth and that, um, and that he does not seek the approval of people and he's only, he's only doing what he's doing for God. You know, just very noble declarations, if you will. But the Lord pointed out certain inconsistencies. And, you know, this is, this is not to, the sense that I'm getting is, it's not to shame Apostle Paul. He has done good things for the kingdom, but everybody makes mistakes. And the way we are able to grow as people in Christ Jesus, as people in this divine, miraculous faith, is to learn from the good as well as the not so great (laughs) so that we can continue to break cycles going further continue to keep getting closer to God right through Christ Jesus and so the first thing that I read to you guys like I said was who Paul declared that he was serving he said he is a servant of Christ and whose approval he is winning not that of people, but of God. And then the next thing we get into that I read to you guys was how he first, you know, he met Peter. And what did and he stayed with Peter for 15 days. Peter showed him kindness in the faith, right? Treated him like a brother, even though all the atrocities that um, Paul had participated in against the the church. Like it was, he was infamous for that before he became famous for preaching the word. So this was not information that Peter was ignorant to, but still he brought him 
into his home, uh, into his space, welcomed him with the love of Christ, if you will. And then, um, okay. and then from there, you know, in the in the next chapter, and I want you guys to bear in mind that um, Paul has let us know that he is here for God, not people. So when I read chapter two, and it talks, that was the section that talked about Paul going back to Jerusalem. Paul says that he went there because God told him to go, right? Makes perfect sense to us, right? The next thing he says is that while I was there, I met privately with those considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for fear that all my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. And so while reading that, the Lord said to me, I revealed to Paul that he should be in Jerusalem. He was already in agreement with me when he went there. Why then did he need to meet privately with the leaders of the church in order to be agreement, be in agreement with them? Is he not only winning my approval? Why then must he get clearance from them? And why would there be need for fear that his efforts would be wasted when I'm the one that called him? And so I just, I was like, whoa. So, and <clears throat> when you open up your Bible and see this, it's literally the next page over. I'm not trying, Paul tells us right in the beginning of the book of Galatians in chapter one, that he is not here for the approval of people. He is here for God's approval, that he's only here to please God. And then literally on the next page, we see that God called him to be in Jerusalem, but that was not enough for him to know that anything he's doing in the name of the Lord will be received. And all he needed was agreement with God. He still went privately to speak with the leaders. Okay. So, and then the next thing we go into, right? And and like I said, we're not here to... Um, we're not here to tear Paul down, but, you know... I'll speak for myself specifically. Paul was Paul has always been um, he's always been an apostle that I admired, and I believe subconsciously I felt like he like he had a perfect walk. Like after he after he had that tremendous encounter on Damascus Road with with, with Jesus, I thought he had a I thought he had a perfect walk. I'm pretty sure I did. And it's so, and the Lord is showing me that it's good to see the good. It's good to see the good. 
but we must always see a full picture. We have to always see the full picture of a person and remember that people are people. No matter what they've done, they are still people. David, he slayed Goliath, right? With the power of the Lord, he created beautiful music and was an incredible warrior, but he's still a person and he is not without fault. The only person that came to us without fault was God in man form as Jesus Christ. And so we don't want to ever lose focus. And, and, and it's important for us too, recognizing that we still have our humanity. We still have our humanity even in this walk. It is God's grace that helps us in these situations. Anyway, so just important to, to still remember that. And, it, and, and, and that's truly what has blessed me this morning. But we must continue on. And so we, we see this, this bit of inconsistency. And so the next part that I read to you guys was when Paul was confronting Peter, right? Um, just to paraphrase, Paul saw Peter eating first with the Gentile believers who hadn't been circumcised. But as soon as some friends of James came, Peter wasn't eating with the Gentiles no more, right? And uh, because he was afraid of criticism, right? He was afraid, Peter was afraid of criticism um, from those people who insisted on on, circumc- on, uh, on circumcision. And so Paul goes to Peter and confronts him in front of all the others. Goes and confronts him in front of all the others. Um, I'm trying to see if there was any part of the scripture here that I needed to read on. Okay. So, it was just very interesting And Paul was able to see the issues in Peter's behavior and doing and switching things up from what he was meant to do, right? Peter was meant to let the Gentiles know you don't have to be circumcised in Christ, right? Um, That Jesus has freed us from the law. So he was able to see that. But he was not, there's no part in the scripture where Paul acknowledges the fact that he too went to leaders to go get approval on what he was doing after the Lord had already given him his approval. He was able to perfectly see the inconsistencies of another brother in the faith and call it out but he was not able to then turn the mirror on himself and see where he had gone wrong just a couple of lines earlier in this text and then the other part 
Okay, and then, you know, what I read to you guys thereafter was the fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit, which produces, sorry, the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Peter showed Paul kindness, allowed him to be in his home, knowing his past and not really knowing this man. Spent 15 days with this man, welcomed him, showed him kindness. Paul confronts Peter in front of everybody else. And it begs, thank you, Lord, and then... Because he did it, he made a public display of this criticism and correction. It begs the question, were you really trying to help or hurt Peter? The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of kindness in our lives. Did Paul show Peter kindness in that moment? We see in the text earlier that Paul is fully capable of speaking privately with people. He spoke privately because he didn't want to be embarrassed. He didn't want to be embarrassed. Uh, Talking about he wanted to make sure that they were in agreement for fear that all my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. He didn't want to be embarrassed. And so he spoke about it. He spoke to the leaders privately about something. But he couldn't even see himself in the way Peter was acting. And he didn't stop to think, maybe if I call him out in front of everyone, he'll be embarrassed. The Lord showed me that kindness would have, the fruit of kindness in Paul's life would have had him ask, more questions and also the fruit of self-control would have allowed him to wait a little bit longer instead of being quick to point a finger and do so in such a public forum and manner right like we are if you see the rest in chapter 5 it says Since we are living by the Spirit, this is uh, chapter 5, verse 25. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Every part of our lives. Let us not be conceited or provoke one another. Paul provoked Peter. Or be jealous of one another. And so what the Lord is telling me, he's been showing it um, through myself, like, and, and also through the scripture, being filled, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not enough. You have to, thank you, Lord. 
The filling of the Holy Spirit is like being filled with a big seed. It has to produce fruit. So even when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it takes time for the fruit to show itself as love, to show itself as joy, as peace, as patience, as kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It takes time for all of those things to come forward. And so being filled with the Holy Spirit is not the complete transformation. It's got to bear all parts of the fruit, right? That's why it says, he who has began a good work in you will be sure to complete it. The seed, the Holy, the Holy Spirit, I was about to call it the Holy Fruit. <laughs> Amen. The Holy Spirit is a seed. It's a spiritual seed that gets planted in us. But over time, in allowing the Holy Spirit to lead in every part of our lives, it will reveal itself in the fruit that it produces. And what the Lord showed me was that though Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit, the fruit did not produce kindness yet because he had an opportunity to show kindness here and he didn't. It did not produce self-control because he had an opportunity to pause and take a beat before going forward with his criticism, and he didn't. And it's the same for us. It's the same for us. It's so important. There are times where we feel as though we know what we should do next, especially when we feel empowered by everything that the Lord has done in our lives, the things that the Lord has revealed to us and shared with us, and, you know, the intimacy that gets built. But we don't know. (laughs) Our lives truly are not our own. And so it really behooves us to allow the Holy Spirit to continue to lead us because the Holy Spirit wants to reveal itself fully in us and in our lives. And so when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead in every part, right? Because Paul's, this example with Paul and Peter is what happens when the Holy Spirit has not had opportunity for leadership in every part, right? When we allow the Holy Spirit to lead in every part, he will continue to produce the different parts of his fruit in our lives. And we need that. To truly be like Jesus, we have we need that. And so I know a lot of us want to just go forward and march and you know take the word to the masses, but If that's not what God is calling you to do, don't do it. The book of Proverbs let us know that there is a path that seems right but leads to destruction. I shared that with y'all before. When we say, God, not our will but yours be done, that's for everything. 
That means leadership by the Holy Spirit in every part of our lives. Every part. Okay. So, I've been talking for a little bit. <laughs> I, 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 I pray that whoever hears this, that it blesses you. You know, um, that it blesses you. These words that the Lord has been giving me about Apostle Paul, it brought him back down to earth in, in an important way, right? Because it it's important for us to know and see that no matter what we've accomplished in Christ Jesus, we still fundamentally and foundationally need Jesus. We need Jesus. We never arrive. We never arrive to this perfect state in our walk with Jesus. We just, we simply don't. And so Paul being brought down to earth in this way was very important, right? Because we don't want to make idols of our heroes. We don't want to make idols of our heroes. We want to learn from all that they've done in their walk. And we want to pray that the Lord will allow us to evade their mistakes and grow further so that we can continue to what? Advance the kingdom. Not repeat what those who came before us already did. All right. I love y'all. Happy, happy Sunday. And um, God bless you.